Hello. And welcome to The Vinyl Four. I'm Christian. I'm Randy. How are you, Randy? Doing good, man. Good. It, uh, it feels like the weeks go by incredibly fast and they nothing do. changes for the most part. No, they, no. Since the last time we spoke, I mean, we did we we went to a show in between there, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you went. We went right saw, after the recording, I think. Oh yeah, it was later that night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's when my stomach bug started. It was okay. that night? I told you about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolute yeah. paint job. At the uh, establishment you ate at. At the establishment yeah. I ate at. I ain't going to dock somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> for but, sure. Because I, well, I want to keep going back. I don't want to get Absolutely. banned. Uh, and I don't think it was their fault. Though one of the clams did taste off. And I that is what I'm Ooh. blaming on it. And then I, my stomach was fucked the entire weekend. That's a bummer. I do uh, have to thank you for getting me uh, into shrimp tacos more. <laughs> Hell yeah. I had uh, shrimp tacos at El Mir last night before oh, nice. uh, seeing Neil Brennan. I'm, sh- I'm assuming it was great. It was great. It was great. Yeah. yeah beautiful. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it was. He's he's making specials like uh, like hotcakes. Yeah. I was just about to say, I think last time I saw him also at Variety was last year, like maybe 11 months ago. Yeah. Like and that was the about Blocks special, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is fucking nuts. He's going hog wild. Yeah. That's fun. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what did we, who did we see? We went for Popeyes, my That's friend right. and our yeah. friends in Popeyes. Uh, if y'all don't know Popeyes, check out Popeyes. They are a, uh, what, what would you say they sounded like if you had to give a reference? No, it was Yassine who said he gave someone. Um, it wasn't you. Uh, I think they have like remnants of like cursed and like sector sure. stuff. Yeah. Very dope band. And then another local turn cold played as well. They were fun as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, per their bassist, my buddy Twitch, uh, it's not music for people who like to read books. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, it's fun as fuck. I had a great time with it. Um, and then uh, we didn't see the other bands, the touring bands, Correct. in all honesty. Uh, so I won't name them, but uh, uh, it was a fun night. Uh, yeah. We uh, uh, we got uh, pulled aside uh, by um, somebody to be interviewed, and it was very goofy. Huh. Um, uh, it was with, like, the label stuff, but I'd never met this guy before, and uh, he... He, he was definitely on something. <laughs> it was a time. Uh, good night. Good night. Yeah, sorry. That just like flooded into my memory of just like, oh, yeah, that happened that night too. Because yeah, Yasin and I just like looked at each other afterward and I'm like, what the fuck was that? Uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, things have been normal, I guess. In the void. Yeah. I think we also uh, saw a movie that weekend too. Oh, shit. We did. <laughs> I know, that's crazy. It's like I knew there was something else. Yeah, we went and saw the cane. Is it can? It's the can. Can. Can cut. The can cut of uh, Southland Tales. Hell yeah. And my my go-to review for it when I've been asked is uh, it's it's long. Sure. That's the biggest thing that it has against it. Two hours, 40 minutes, something like that? Yeah. That's honestly, if it was two hours, I think I would like highly recommend it maybe sure yeah yeah there's a lot but also at the same time i think that's probably the theatrical length and it's still an incoherent mess so totally uh we had a good time i had a good time yeah same i talked about it on the overlook hour last weekend uh which dropped well this is gonna drop way later way later yeah yeah that's irrelevant but uh (laughs) yeah i I think clark had seen it before um did they rewatch no no no, just yeah just your corner yeah corner (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, 
going into it, I heard so much about it being like a flop and terrible. And it's probably just seeing it with a crowd too helps. But uh, I had a good time. The crowd has eaten it up. It is very of its time. Yeah, especially uh, that Killers music video, basically in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's done as done by Justin Timberlake. As lips yeah. as lip synced by Justin Timberlake. So weird. Lip sync in sync. Oh, ah. shit. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's fun. If you want to watch that, I guess you can. Um, it's it's something I saw. <laughs> I, I indeed saw it, too. I definitely saw it. Uh, I'm not rushing to watch it again. No. Uh, as we said last week, y'all, uh, we are doing a bunch of albums by the band formerly known as Andrew Jackson Jihad, because we are going to do a good chunk of their discography where that is their name. There's a song title that references that name. So just to mention it, but they are called AJJ these days. Um, actress January Jones, whatever you want it to be. And we aren't starting at the very beginning of their discography because I don't own their very first album, but I will briefly mention some things about it. We are going to start with their second LP called People Who Can Eat People Are the Luckiest People in the World. Randy, had you heard anything from this album before? Not knowingly, no. Okay. I may have just because I I told you that I played with them uh, in like 2008, like June or July 2008, so... I'm guessing I probably it have been but this. Yeah. yeah, wasn't familiar with it. But back then, I mean, this album. This is what I'm going to talk about a little bit of their first album, um, which is called "Candy Cigarettes and Cap Guns." I have a lot of love for the very early era of AJJ, mm-hmm. and like them, can't stand by a lot of it. Nice. Um, do you know anything about their early stuff? Not okay. really. No. So it's just very edge lordy lyrics sure, yeah, yeah. dropping uh uh the oh, what's the R word okay a lot. Uh yeah. uh just a lot of just cringe humor type shit. A yeah. lot of I mean they still do now and then, but they say cunt like a lot <laughs> in their early music. Uh, there's a song uh, called Lady Killer, and it's about killing ladies. <laughs> like it's really catchy though. Uh, but there's just certain, they won't play a lot of those songs huh. anymore. They're done. Um, they have a song. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, uh, you can see the remnants of that on people who eat people, For but sure. they have definitely matured. Yeah. By this album, um, there is not the throwing rocks at dogs laughing at R word lyrics anymore. Uh, There's still some dark stuff. There's still a lot of darkness throughout them as a band forever and a lot of dark imagery, a lot of violent imagery, Uh, but it's also pretty much all done with tongue firmly in cheek. Sure. I would say Um, first impressions of this album, Randy, this is a brisk uh, 25 minutes. Indeed. Over 11 tracks. Uh, how you feeling up front? So this is uh, going to be a very similar week to uh, the Against Me week. Yes. Yes, uh, this is true. They're both, you know, folk punky. Uh, you get better as they go along. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I listened to this uh, record once while I was working and it went by pretty quick and yeah. I wasn't, I didn't love it. It's not really my thing. The vocals kind of don't work for me. The lyrics 
are kind of a little too, they're almost like too, I don't know if they are jokey or if they're too sincere sometimes. Yeah, that's. Yeah, or just like too straightforward. That's where they play. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, But then I re-listened to it again so I could take some, you know, further notes and stuff. And I'll say I I dug it more the Mm. second time around. I think it was just kind of like getting primed for it. But like I tried to like listen to when I was doing the more like deeper dive, I tried listening to like three of the albums back to back. Okay. And I was like, I got to take a break. Cause like, That's this is, fair. this is too much. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, this, I I think you've, your initial read is what keeps a lot of people at arm's length. Yeah. Um, especially back in the day. Um, they, from my perspective, they don't get the flowers they deserve, but I think they will one day in a retrospective of what they were doing once you can see like the whole scope Mm -hmm. of their work. Um, But I was also a folk punk kid like through and through for two years. (laughs) It it should only last that long. (laughs) And I'm sorry to the folk punkers. Uh, I'm not. I know. (laughs) But uh, I, I, this is a band that I really loved then and I really feel like has grown with me and I have not listened to specifically this early stuff in a minute. Uh, except there's one song on the next album that I do listen to kind of all the fucking time, but okay. not even really listen to. I just, I sing it to myself hmm. or play it when I'm practicing guitar and shit. Um, so people who eat people are the luckiest people in the world was misprinted on the record. Uh, original release as mm-hmm. people that eat uh-huh. people, not who can, um, or that can eat people, not who can eat people. Uh, this was released in 2007. Do you know what day they chose to release this on? 9-11. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. This was released on September 11th, 2007. Uh, I didn't find, I didn't dig deep to see if that was purposeful. Cause I'm just going to make a hard assumption that yeah. it was. This is when they were still on Asian man records. Uh, classic punk record label responsible for uh, some of your favorite bands. Uh, the biggest one for me back in the day was Alkaline Trio. They okay. were yeah, they yeah. started there and they're huge in comparison to a lot of other bands that start there. But Asian Man's incredible. They're still going strong. Uh, they don't do as like wide array of stuff anymore uh, because it is still just an operation ran out of uh, his parents' garage. I believe it's the oh, same garage. Um yeah, Mike Park. Uh, look into the history of Asian Man if you don't know it. It's actually very, very interesting. Uh, this album is, uh, like I said, 2007. I have a uh, repress of it that also appears to be um, from that year, but my version of it is this like nice maroon kind of cloudy. Looks cool. Yeah, it's nice. It's very pretty. Like a marble or yeah. purple marble something like that purpley marbly some reds purples uh whites it's nice it's nice it's cool uh i don't think this is 180 gram but it is not uh thin and for anybody listening it is a 45 rpm and oh, nice. do they uh, uh notate that no they don't <laughs> I, have As, a, I have a couple like that that don't notate it uh yeah and they're bands that 
It almost sounds like it could be right either Dude, way. I at would first. say I would. Well, this happens so fucking much with hardcore and metal. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. And it's just like Jesus Christ, y'all. You're just fucking yourselves because yeah. half the time I'm like, it sounds better. You guys sound better as a sludge band. Like, <laughs> yeah. why the fuck aren't you doing this? And you made me know that now. Yeah, by doing that. it's fucking. But thankfully, I feel a lot of. Uh, people are marking it on Discogs. <clears throat> okay. So if it doesn't list it, I will go on Discogs and check it. Um, I think the new fucking cattle decap is on 45 <laughs> RPM, which is insane because I think we played it on 33 and it was already stupid fast. And I was like, no, his vocal sounds off. Yeah. And then when we put it, I was like, no, that's the correct way. And then it's like... It's like, yeah, it's God. usually vocals that kind of it vocals yeah, always you. what gives it off, and it's because I was trying to like do my harmony melody with it, and I was like, no, that's too low. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this pressing, I don't recall exactly when I got it. Um, I feel like I've had it for a minute though. I know that I got a handful of theirs at shows when I saw them, and can't maintain the next record is was bought way later that was found in the wild and i was very stoked on it which is nice. i have that fake memory about oh. finding anyway uh so people who eat people uh starts with the song rejoice randy this album is very classic in their discography by the way yeah. like i would say the there's maybe two songs on here that aren't like stone cold classics by them okay like this these got some bops yeah uh rejoice uh really just kind of sets the stage for the entire fucking album of mm -hmm. lyrical content and sound yeah. of what you're going to get. Uh, how do you feel about this song? Anything in particular? Uh, I dig it. Uh, actually, I think this morning part of the melody was stuck in my head and uh -huh. I hadn't listened to it today. I think the last time I listened to it was yesterday, but something had stuck melody wise stuck with me. That's nice. uh, actually. And I, wrote that uh, I do like some of the lyrics in this song, although mm -hmm. they are kind of cheesy and a little too straightforward. <laughs> that's but their, that's I their can MO. appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, me, I got into this, them, uh, like I said, around when it came out my senior year. So this is, I mean, I, my senior year was 2010. Yeah. So I got into them. I knew these songs, I think, when I sat with this, I think it was Can't Maintain. I think it was okay. the next album is like the one that like really got me into them. But this album is the one that clicked with me more then. Because hmm. uh, I remember these songs being on repeat way more during that time. Um, but yeah, being back then, that was like during my early days of no longer being a Christian or going to okay. church. So yeah. hearing Rejoice God's Ears or Stitches. like yeah. Hearing all this very blatant anti-christianity yeah. very blunt uh it was it was needed for yeah me. and i'm yeah. sure they were you know relatively young when they recorded this album oh, yeah, too yeah, so yeah. it it makes sense and having listened to it at the time would i think i would relate to it more rather than for sure when for i'm sure. about to turn 35 and listening <laughs> yeah. to it. i don't this this band would not connect with me today if I was hearing it for the first time. Yeah. Like, I have a history with it, and I understand that. So, like, there are certain bands 
like against me's newer stuff i feel is like very universe like people can get into it yeah it's it's digestible it's more rock rather than punk there's there's all of this stuff with these guys they're like their sound matures and they change over time pretty drastically in a lot of ways um it's like when dylan went electric um but their ethos of like their presentation and their lyrics and everything doesn't change that much his Mm -hmm. voice doesn't change that much so like if you're not into the roots you're not i don't think that it's gonna be for you even though they definitely go more of like a, a fuzzed out like indie rock realm of things Um, but we're not there yet we are still here so yeah rejoice is a cool song were there any specific lyrics that stuck out to you uh you noted i I think it was just towards the end uh rejoice rejoice despite the fact this world will will hurt you uh and rejoice despite the fact the world will, will kill you yeah uh both yeah like i said very very blatant state statements but uh I don't know. I Powerful. Yeah. yeah. There's a tradition in it for sure. And like, I'm going to probably bring that up a lot of the tradition of like protest songs and folk songs and sure. all of that, which they in a uh, survival song on this album, I mean, they straight up name drop and then use a verse by Woody Guthrie, ah. who's a classic folk yeah. musician. Um, Brave as noun. The next track, track two, uh, all time classic track, huge track. Okay by AJJ, arguably my favorite on this album. I have deep, fond memories of this song. I would cover this in my old folk punk band, The Heathens. It was me and this dude, Steve. Steve would play banjo until he didn't want to, and then it was just two guitars. (laughs) (laughs) And we would cover this. We would cover Defiance Ohio songs or like Nana Grizzle, and we had original shit. We only ever did like four, five songs, I think. Um... We weren't very good, but it was very passionate. Yeah. Uh, this was my corduroy cutoff days. Nice. Uh, and I have a distinct memory of covering this song in a uh, backyard driveway in Athens, Georgia cool. at a house show. And when we finished it, our friend Wyatt, who was the front man of this band, Werewolves and Mess With Texas, and I loved Mess With Texas, uh... And right when we finished Brave as Noun, he came behind us without us knowing and started strumming Survival Song because on the record, they go right into each other. Uh, and then he nice. did a cover of Survival Song during our set and it That's fucking rad. ruled. Yeah, it was awesome. Very fond memory. So obviously that song is very big for me. Yeah. Um, and then going into Survival Song, as I already said, the Woody Guthrie references. Um, anything between those two tracks, though, that uh, stick out for you? Um. No, survival song's the one that is feels like it's heavier banjo. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Yeah. I don't know I don't know all the in, instruments that are on here. Uh they've got Okay, yeah, that's mandolin, I would believe. Ah, uh, okay. Um cuz yeah, I don't think there's any banjo on this. Uh but there's glockenspiel on the record, okay. mandolin, accordion, violin, cello. I mean, their bassist is an upright bassist. So yeah, I yeah. think he plays standard bass sometimes now. I think like he it, yeah. dabbles between two as they've progressed. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't, I, mandolin, I think, is the only thing that that could be. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That would make sense. There's a singing saw, too. 
friend of mine tried to do one of those and he just he just bought like a regular saw and he had a bow mm-hmm. and he, he cut the shit out of himself oh, trying Jesus. to like bend it and like dude you gotta stop dude like get a towel or something it's fucked up <laughs> cut the hell out of his thigh um uh bad bad things uh this is a very good example of their like older style of this like dark edgy hmm. storytelling I really like this song uh, personally, but it is like, I mean, it's about like being a killer. <laughs> it's murdering a family and like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it's a story. It's just like a story song and like exploring dark feelings and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got lyrics. Uh, I looked into your eyes and I saw the reflection of a coward that you and I both hate very much. Then I grabbed the knife and I let the blood out of your throat <laughs> and I smashed those tiny mirrors inside of your skull. Yeah. And I got to thinking if I don't go to hell when I die, I might go to heaven. <laughs> There's I, they make me laugh uh, a lot and they always have. Um, I like this song quite a bit. I used to also cover this a oh, lot. Cool. Uh, not live, just for fun. Yeah. My MO back in the day was getting rip drunk with, with my roommates uh, and we would acoustically cover shit. We would do it on Omegle or Chat Roulette too. Nice. Yeah, just anybody. We wouldn't like stop. We would just play. And if people stopped and watched when the song was done, we'd be like, you want another one? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so it was fun back back then, those simpler, simpler days. Chat roulette. How many dongs did you see though? Dude, countless dongs. I got a funny story about that. Um, so I was back home from college for the summer before sophomore year because I lost my scholarship because I failed a class because <clears throat> I stopped going due to anxiety. I know that now. Yeah. Um then I was just like, fuck math. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I was back home. It was not a good time. Um, but something funny from that time is I would stay up super late. We had a basement and I would cover, play songs and my own songs and cover songs and go on Omegle or chat roulette or whatever and do that shit. And my dad claims that he, he pulls me aside one day and he's like, I need to talk to you about something. I need to ask you about something. It's like, okay. It's like, uh, I, just, I mean, I was borrowing your computer, which one, why? Uh, and uh, I was trying to look up uh, like charity organizations. I'm like, uh-huh, charity, organ- uh-huh. So I typed in CHA and this thing called Chat Roulette, like auto-filled. So I clicked on there and he's like, and I was only on there for like less than five minutes, Christian. And there was like a lot of penis and like there was one woman's vagina and like a lot of penis. And I said like, without thinking, just went, you saw a vagina? Because, <laughs> like, I've never seen that on chat roulette. No. It's like, oh, what? And that was, like, the second time that he asked me if I was gay. Oh, nice. And I was like, nope, I'm not on there for the dicks. Hell yeah. Dad, I'm playing music, and there just happens to be a lot of dicks. Happens to be a lot of weird it's a video chat room. It, it, you yeah, roll the goes. dice. Yep. Uh, fun little aside right there. Um, uh, no More Tears is a very important song in their discography. Okay. And the reason being that it comes up a little much later in their discography, hmm. which we'll circle back to when we get there. Um, this theme, yeah, just the theme of the lyrics, no more tears, no more uh, crying, no more, no more tears, no more dying, no more, no, 
What is it? No more tears, no more crying, no more sighing, lying, or dying. No more HIV, no more tweaking, no more drugs or immune systems being weakened. Um, the no more tears mantra, the no more mantra, and like the sentiment of overcoming your pain and personal strife is very prevalent throughout their discography. And I really locked into it on this listen through. Hmm. Um, uh, anything in particular about that track? No, just noted it was another one that was very short yes. and pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, really dig that track. Yeah. A lot of songs, uh, especially on the second listen, I noticed when I started like getting really into the song, it was like already about to be over. Yeah. Which I kind of dig it's too, nice. you know, get out, yeah. get out early. That's your, uh, what's his name? Tony Molina's MO, right? True. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said MO a lot today, I feel. Really? I feel like that's like the fifth time. I got to stop. I'm I'm aware of it, everybody. <laughs> uh, Bells and Whistles. Uh, odd track for the album. Because lyrically, this is the baby killing song. Okay. And it's just, this one is just like the raucous, uh, I actually realized I just got this musically confused with a different one. This is not the musical outlier. Uh, this is the dead baby song. Talking about, uh, I have often wondered if a pregnant woman is decapitated, will the baby survive? Um, and if that baby does survive, what kind of life will it have? Also another very big preoccupation that Sean, his name is Sean Bonnet, um, has with in the lyrics of the band are people's uh, circumstances. Hmm. What brought them there, how they can be helped, what he can do, what he can't do. Um, and you will find out later um, that he uh, is a social worker. Okay. And that's why there's cool. a lot of these themes going on. Anything in particular about that? It's just kind of a rockin' dead baby punk song. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's really not about dead babies. It's really the scenario of a decapitated mother and what's the kid's life going to be like. I just think it's funny that they use such fucked imagery. Um, uh, People 2 is the next one. Oh, no, we got Randy's house. Yeah. This is your house. <laughs> exactly. Why did I How did I get to People 2? That's way later. The only note I wrote is that it's where we record this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like this one. Uh, just again, this one's really quick, short. Uh, uh, I hope that our candles flicker and die so that our hearts don't burn to the ground downtown, just like Randy's house. Uh, this one is seeming like live fast, die young kind of yeah. sentiment of a song. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's I know the lyrics are way more clear. Like it's telling a story. He he does this. This is the folk tradition mm -hmm. that I brought up earlier. Um, the outlier, the odd song on here is now a song dedicated to the memory of Stormy the Rabbit. Yep. I kind of noted the same yeah. thing. Tone shift, vibe shift, sort of in the, uh, the songs. Yeah. And this one is, uh, really slow. Uh, it's got like, this might be, what's a glockenspiel? It's, that's what that noise is, right? The ding, ding, like it makes the dings, right? I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is like where the glockenspiel is like, it's like yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure that's in this song. You hit it with mallets. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the four fortnights I have fled from yeah. my fortress. It's yeah. Uh, a lot of, um, what is it? Is that alliteration when you use the same, but that's a consonant sound, not a vowel that's, sound. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't Close enough know. to alliteration. We're adults. Yeah. We don't need to know this shit. This is a cool song. I like that it's a change of pace on the album. Sure. Um, that's the biggest uh, uh, compliment that I can give to it personally. It's just like I like that it's sonically different from the rest of it. Um, People 2, The Reckoning. This was my favorite song by them for a very long time back in the day. Because goddamn did I love that they took fucking Mrs. Robinson at the end and fucked with it. Really love they that. They do that a lot. In a couple of songs, yeah. They do it a lot. They they take... And funny enough, I think I'm going to do it to them with a clot song. Oh, I cool. think I'm going to steal a couple of their lyrics nice. uh, that I really like that are like, those are too metal to be in a song. <laughs> like... Like you've got, I'll give them all the credit in the world, but uh, yeah. I might, I might steal a line or two from them. I, it, uh, this listen through made me think of that. I was like, oh, they steal all the time. I can steal. I really like this song, and it made me get a question wrong on a test. How so? <laughs> because the chorus is incorrect. Huh. The chorus of this song is, uh, your parasympathetic nervous system reacts, and you're in fight or flight mode. That is your sympathetic nervous system. Your parasympathetic nervous system is what helps you relax. And I had a test in college when I was heavily into this shit, my freshman year of college. And I distinctly remember being like, oh, I can't remember. Parasympathetic nervous system. Oh, right. Wrong. Incorrect. And they have come out and been like, yeah, I fucked that up. (laughs) Like, I didn't mean to, like, oops, I thought I got it right. I got it wrong (laughs) type of thing. (laughs) It's very funny uh, that... It's also one of their big songs from this era, and the chorus is just wrong. <laughs> your manic depression, it comes and it goes. Your parasympathetic nervous system reacts, and you're in fight or flight mode. Huh. Incorrect. But you needed the you needed the the consonants. True. Whatever. Uh, yeah, this is a good one. It ends with uh, a play on Mrs. Robinson lyrics, saying, "Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. People love you more. Oh, never mind. Oh, never mind. In fucking fact, Mrs. Robinson, the world won't care whether you live or die. Live or die. In fucking fact, Mrs. Robinson, they probably hate to see your stupid face. Your stupid face. So here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. You live in an unforgiving place. Damn." And this honestly has the verse right before that outro. Mm -hmm. They have these, they have a line later saying like, everyone's got a baseball bat inside their heart or something like that. Um, We'll get to it because I noted it, but they do these, these really harsh self-reflective things like where they conjure like the most evil and violent things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. and they just have always stuck with me. And the verse right before it is one, one, it's really catchy how he's singing it. And then lyrically, it's so fucked up that it gets stuck in my head, which is there's a bad man in everyone, no matter who we are. There's a rapist and a Nazi living in our tiny hearts, child pornographers and cannibals and politicians too. There's someone in your head waiting to fucking strangle you. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I love that personally it's so on the nose and blunt and what else are you gonna say though when you just are fucking torn to shreds like i don't know it's good i like it personally uh and speaking of personal the next song is personal space invader which how do you feel about this one anything in between i noted that i dug it cool and uh it's cool music same thing about the uh, yeah 
think I this is the one that I that stood out the most musically, and then uh, also wrote that I appreciate the lyrics, but they're definitely cheesy here as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I gave birth to twin wire wire hangovers. Now I am a personal space invader. I've got essays. I've got finals due. I've got lots and lots of problems. Yeah. And there's the uh, like verse about how cocaine is mm. manufactured yeah. or oh, whatever. Oh, I love yeah. that fucking line. The how can you put that straw up your nose when you know how coke is manufactured? It's yeah. made by children for the immature. It's made by babies who have been captured. It's a sin against your fellow man. Yeah. It just, ugh. It's good. And then the album ends with people. People won, I guess. Um, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. And it's just a reflective song of people suck and people are awesome and they're beautiful. And it's a good way to close out the album. And I feel it really caps things off well. And I feel like they are very good at doing that. They may not end on the song that I necessarily want them to end on, on their albums. And I noticed that this time, but they whatever they end on usually sums things up pretty well okay and i feel this is an example of that uh but literally i think on every album i assume it's done on a certain track and then there's one more song i think that happened every I single time i picked that time. up on it, at least one of them yeah yeah um so that's people who eat people i love it it's very it's very uh of its time sure not the best uh, production, you know. It's very yeah. It's raw. Yeah. It's it's lo-fi. It's just well. It's not just two guys, but it's written by two guys. Um, but there's no. I don't think there's drums on this album, right? Uh, I don't think so. No. no, this is this is before they. I mean, the next album has drums, so <laughs> um, they had a ton of like EPs and shit, though. Like they they had more music. So when they got like a full. Uh, band and drum shit going it was like oh they're doing something different now mm-hmm. which brings us to 2009 so yeah this makes way more sense that this is the album that would have introduced me to them so I was mistaken I think I said last time it was the one prior um, but this yeah 2009 is definitely when I would have become conscious of them with the release of this album um, can't maintain off the bat how you feeling like the uh, instrumentation and the production better. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, just overall, it uh, started off better for me, especially cool. listening to it uh, second around. Heartalation's a good track. Yeah. It's a sick opening song. It's also another uh, very quick, breezy album. Uh, yes. Was it under 30 again? Uh, or just over 30? They only have two over 30. This one is 28 minutes, a little over 28 minutes. Um. I was honestly, I've forgotten how long the next album was, Knife Man, yeah. um, which I'll, I'll talk about because I'll talk, obviously. <laughs> um, Can't Maintain was released October 13th, 2009. And to my understanding, this is the first full band situation that they have had in terms of percussion. Um, Heartalation, banger track, uh, classic amongst my friends. Uh, we would, I don't think we ever really covered it. We would just turn it on and sing the hell out of it. This was a drive. This would come on in the car. Uh, I mean, it's also starts with the, I want to break apart my heart, glue the pieces to my car, crash it into a wall. I don't want to feel it all. I want to break apart my heart. It, oh yeah. Love it. Uh, this is really 
emblematic of a very specific period of my life. These first two albums, very, very much so. Um, this is Athens house punk, house punk, house show days, uh, crust punk E, hanging out with train hoppers, uh, DJ, uh, uh, I think he goes Khaled. Bot, yeah, DJ Khaled. No, my buddy DJ Bot Grinder. If you're if you're listening at all, uh, shout out, man. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. Um, did this progress them far enough for you, or do you feel this is just more of the same, just oomphed on production? I think it gets better later on. Okay. For me. In um, the album or later on in the discography? In the discography. Okay, yeah. Um the second track, Self Esteem, uh, might be my favorite Andrew Jackson GL song or AJJ song. There's still the other one at this time, but uh I think this song is absolutely heartbreaking lyrically. And that's I cover it very slowly and finger picked. Hmm. And I think when it's taken what gave me the idea to do that is the song escape i don't remember who sings it but it's that if you like pina coladas getting caught in the rain that song yeah uh manchester orchestra covered that song but did a really slow version of it so it made me listen to the lyrics more and that song is really fucked up and really sad (laughs) and you wouldn't think that it's about a couple trying both actively putting out personal ads, trying to cheat on each other because they're sick of their broken, boring, stale marriage. But then they realize through trying to cheat on each other that, oh, it was them. They answered each other's ads and we actually still love each other. So it ends up being really sweet, but you don't get, you don't understand the context until it's like broken down. Yeah. And you're like, oh, whoa, that was actually way heavier than I anticipated. And I feel like this song is like that. When I started playing it slower, it made me really sit with the lyrics. And I'm like, this song is like one of the most self-deprecating things ever. Uh, This place has taken all my self-esteem and everybody is afraid of me. And I can't make eye contact with anyone I see. This place has taken all my self-esteem. I'm going to do all the lyrics. Uh, And everybody is afraid of me. And I'm afraid to go out in the streets. Reminders of my failures everywhere that I will be. Everybody is afraid of me. People freak me out. People make me scared. People make me so damn self-aware. I get bronchitis twice a year at least. My lungs aren't the way that they should be. And I smoke more than a motherfucking chimney. I declare war on my body. And I'm a liar. And I am a thief taking things from those better than me. Pathetic little man with some pathetic little dream. I hope you all can forgive me. Like, that's some heavy shit. Yeah. Like, damn. But it's in this, like, jaunty, folk punky yeah. delivery. Not, not the worst of their lyrics either. I, I can, no, can kind of dig most of these, yeah. Honestly, the, the verse that kind of, like, throws me off is the bronchitis verse. Yeah, yeah same. that's where I'm just like, okay, like you're going, you're doing real good. And then bronchitis first, I'm like, that's fine. Though I will say when I was a smoker, I loved nothing more than to say I smoke more than a motherfucking chimney. Yeah, I bet. I declare war on my body. Yeah, it was, I was a little shithead. Weren't we all? Maybe not all of us. <laughs> not necessarily all of us. Never uh, smoked a cig? Oh yeah, you haven't. Don't. It's don't. <laughs> don't. You'll probably throw up. That's what I've heard too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do now and I, I used to smoke and I can't handle it. So. Yeah. 
Um, loving the time of the human uh, papillomavirus. HPV, baby. How you feeling about this one? Uh, no notes on the next couple. Cool. I think, yeah. Uh, I've got a couple. Uh, I like this song a lot because this is mostly um, like string based. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was very fun. I forgot to talk about the record, but I am going to grab it real quick. Um, the lyrics of this song has a play on words that I didn't notice until I sat with them, which is, and you will break my back for all the burdens that lay upon it, but I will never blame you for those bees inside this bonnet. Uh, on genius, they have bonnet spelled like bonnet, the word, the correct word. In the lyric sheet, uh, it's spelled like his last name. Ah. Yeah. So that was a cool little Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, like I said, I did not talk about this record. Nope, that's a different one. This one's black. This okay. one is black. That's why I don't have it out. That's why I didn't talk about it. This is a black record. 180 gram, though. Uh, so that is nice. Uh, Love in the time of HPV. Uh, the main note I had was I thought that line, that little Easter egg was cool. Um. Evil is a fun song. Uh, also, just heavy, introspective lyrics of just being really down on yourself and feeling like you're masking all the time to... to Because I can relate, it's you feel a certain way, so then you feel like any time you're perceived a different way, you're masking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, And I feel like this song is very much talking to that um you don't deserve yourself is another one that i love mostly for the horns i really love the horns on this song um and that's a uh saxophone intro i think yeah yeah uh and jeff rosenstock plays sax and theremin on this record oh wow yeah um i don't think i noticed theremin but i, I feel like it kind of just blends in a little I bit i think i noted where I thought it was. No, I guess I didn't. Um, but I didn't fully notice it either. But it is just like a really big texture thing. So. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, You Don't Deserve Yourself is a uh, cool track. Uh, I remember being really, really into it back in the day. It didn't uh, hit me as hard this time. But uh, like I said, I really loved the horns. Yeah, that's it. a catchy one. Um, all the horns from beginning all the way through it. Um, oldie timey. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Uh, this is probably my least favorite song on the album. Um, lyrically, I like it. And I like it like once it gets going. I truly hate the intro of this song, I think. Okay. It just feels so... It's like that guy in I Think You Should Leave uh, who uh, is playing that giant organ and breaking the plates yeah, during yeah, the yeah. funeral. Uh, is that I Think You Should Leave? Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, it feels like that era how it opens like that wacky like like it's just not really my thing um but as it goes on i like it more but i it's just not crazy about it uh kazoo sonata in c major is exactly what it is a kazoo sonata in c major they like the kazoo in this band it shows up yeah i noticed it in a couple other ones i didn't really like make note of it it's fine but yeah it's it's funny it's fine uh, they do it live. It's good. It's whatever. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, we didn't come here to rock. I like a lot. Yeah. Um, it is a rocker. Um, it's got uh, a very good. It's this is a 
This is actually, a, I recall, I believe at the time, this is a song against their haters. Okay. Um, pretty much of like, it's we didn't come here to rock. We only came to disappoint you because deep down in your cunt, that's exactly what you wanted us to do. Uh, they do not say cunt anymore. He says ball sack. Okay. Because deep down in your ball sack is what he does now. Uh, he's he's listened and grown and he's trying to use, uh, if he's going to use gendered language in a kind of derogatory way, he's going to yeah. use it in a male way, uh, which is fine. Whatever. This Let's also has me. like a... Uh, a minute, minute and a half of just like some weird dro- droney noise. Oh, it does. Or something. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Which like doesn't pop up anywhere else in any of the albums, I feel like, but it's kind of No, cool. not really, no. Yeah. yeah, you're right. They have like some stuff, but not for like that type of passage, mm-hmm. really. Um, I really like the chorus of this specifically because I was also really angsty and young when this came out. So it was, if that's what gets your dick hard, telling people they're bad at making art, feeling just like you're the one in charge, pissing on my most pathetic parts. Just like, yeah, man. Like everyone's trying to keep me down, man. No one understands my art, man. Yeah. Not to sound like a uh, super square, but I don't love the, uh, the vulgarity sung in such a like happy way on these songs. I don't know. Something about that just like puts me off. I I get it. I get it to an extent. Uh, I loved it then. Uh, yeah. I, it, I mean, it doesn't like woo me now, uh, but sure. it was definitely, it's a novelty. Yeah. It feels like a novelty and they've changed. They don't, they still say some crazy things, but not, yeah, it's nothing, different. It's nothing different. stands out in the later albums. Yeah, really. no, no, no. It, the stuff that stands out is very different than what stands out in the earlier stuff, especially lyrically. Because uh, we're we're gonna get to a certain song soon uh, that fucks me up. Um, Truckers are the blood. Uh, this I didn't do a standout track for. This. Oh, that's right, because I was having too hard of a time. Uh, this might be one of my favorites. I just really love the sentiment of it, um, the imagery of it. Uh, this is a song that like changed my thought process back in the day just lyrically like truckers are the blood in the veins of the body of america like Mm -hmm. that fucked me up back in the day truly um just being like the symbiosis of everything how everything is just fucking together um it's uh the opening line is also something that i I'm coining now, which will happen throughout the pod, I'm sure. What I'm going to call a lifeline, which is a lyric that has stuck with me, either something I say a lot or say my, to myself a lot or I think of a lot, a sure. specific lyric. Still resonates. Still resonates like very, very hard. And this song's uh, opening verse is something that I think about monthly Hmm. whether i've listened to this band or not and it's don't know if i believe in god but sometimes i pray because the way i was raised keeps me afraid it goes on to say a scientist who has to have his way i subsist on a steady diet of shame the whole thing works but it's specifically those two lines don't know if i believe in god but sometimes i pray because the way i was raised keeps me afraid that feels like a goddamn journal entry that i wrote (laughs) like straight up so that is a lifeline I'm calling 
And there will be a couple. I think they have another one, um, this band specifically. But uh, yeah, so that song means a lot to me specifically for that reason. And I really love the sentiment of it. Um, like there are other bands, like Bazan has plenty of them. Uh, we'll sure. get there. Yeah. Uh, Every Time I Die has a couple for me. Huh. Uh, it is better to destroy than to create what is meaningless. So the picture will not be finished. Okay. It's how they end an album. And then they just kind of like teeter off playing and set their instruments down. It's fucking Sick. great. Uh, talking heads, like plenty of shit. Um, so get used to the lifeline, baby. Um, Love will fuck us apart. Is a play on uh, Love will tear us apart mm-hmm. by Joy Division. Uh, good song, good chill, sweet. Yeah, it was a nice song. Yeah, sweet, That's quote all unquote, I noted too. Yeah. song. Even though it is straight up, love will fuck us up, but it is sweet. Like, yeah, yeah. it is truly like, love is hard. Love is messy. It's going to fuck us up, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Yeah, type of deal because it's you and me go together like carrots and peas is the opening line. <laughs> Stupid cute. Stupid cute. Um. Yeah, just very sweet song. Uh, Sense and Sensibility is another big one by them. Okay. Uh, do you recall, did you ever see the Pink Couch Sessions on no. YouTube back in the day? Mm-mm. I believe it was in Bloomington, I want to say, is where the couch was located. But that's where, like, all of these bands, it was like the audio tree yeah, of yeah. this scene. Um, Spoon Boy played there. Sprainerd. Uh, fucking Defiance, Ohio. Toby yeah, Menzinger's video. Yep, Toby Foster. Huh. Uh, as a bouncing Hilton. souls from thirteen years ago too. Yeah, that would make sense. Love yeah, bouncing so th- souls. Very punk. Oh, interesting. I they are a huge blind spot for me. Really? Yeah, I couldn't. I don't know if I've ever heard a bouncing souls song. I'm oh, well. sure I have because I played Tony Hawk. Yeah, but I I couldn't name a single one. Yeah, and they just got ranked on Hard Times. All their albums got ranked oh, cool. and i was like i don't know any of those. i have definite blind spot there's probably like four or five of their albums that i listen to rather frequently and like love but Cali there's a lot that punk? i just don't i think they're jersey actually oh they're jersey yeah oh, okay okay but yeah great band interesting yeah sense and sensibility i have a very clear memory of them playing this on pink couch sessions and watching that shit a lot and dreaming that i would be on the pink couch did not happen <laughs> Which is fine. It's for the best. I wouldn't have done well anyway. Um, I really like the production of this album overall. Um, moving on, Who Are You is where I think they should have ended the album. I think that is a very good summation of the album. Yeah, I think this is my favorite song. Who Are You is too. fucking great. Um, and this is about Sean's dad, kind of. Uh, it's about a lot of things. A lot of their songs are about a lot of things. Um so yeah, the outro. So thank you so much for not raising me. You spent your life on better things and you would have been an awful dad. Thank you though for those genes you have. G-E-N-E-S. Um, but they ended on White Face, Black Eyes, uh, which is a good song. I like it. Um, but this is an example of, it should have, I feel like it should have ended on Who Are You? Yeah. And this song could have, if you want to have this song, just move it up somewhere else. Um, I noticed listening through this though, I forgot about a lot of the last tracks because they're just these little additions after more of like a grand thing. There is one album that has 
a last track that might be my favorite thing on any of these albums. We'll get to it. Oh, I'm very curious. Uh, this has definitely a, uh, stronger B side, I think than the A side, even mm-hmm. though I think the opening tracks are arguably like heart elation and self-esteem are my favorite songs on the album. So self-esteem is my standout. Uh, that's actually why I didn't write it down. Um, was because it's hard elation and self-esteem but self-esteem's if it's my favorite song by andrew jackson jihad then it's got to be the best on the album so true um then we're jumping forward but still chronologically to september 20th come on not 9 11 again uh 2011 for the release of knife man what you think about knife man randy this is their longest record at 43 minutes 43, 47, something like that. 40, I have 4307. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was uh, getting confused. Um, yeah. I, production wise, it's getting different. It's getting more up my alley. I won't say better, but more <laughs> uh, up my alley. And uh, yeah, there's some some good songs on here that I I dig. Um, but yeah, overall, I, uh, I do wish it was a little shorter. Uh, I... Went into this ex- anticipating this to be my favorite, remembering this as my favorite, and not remembering how long it was. So it would be, I think this has some of their strongest shit. Okay. And some of their most forgettable, hand in hand, hmm. for me. Because this is what, like 15 songs long? 16, yeah. 16, yeah. And it's... 43 and 43 minutes isn't long like that's no. kind of like a standard album but for them it is long um i know like fucking what's his face fantano anthony fantano okay i think yeah, this yeah. is like the only ajj album that he like gives a shit about or like thinks is great hmm. um which is interesting to me i did look for reviews from the time and a lot of people loved like, this album yeah, yeah. a lot uh, and I did too. I fucked with it hard. Um, uh, it is, let me, before I forget, the pressing that I have is from the year it came out, 2011. And uh, it is a repress though, so it's not a first pressing. And it's like a greenish, uh, tealy, marbly situation again. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, nothing crazy, but it's nice. Um, also not 180, but not thin. Um, do you ever, Tangent, do you ever get uh, distracted by videos on uh instagram of people making vinyl records oh yeah I love and, it. and the colored vinyl especially it's cool as hell man it's very cool. where this this fucking clot record which is out now everybody go fucking buy it grief hell tethers yeah. came out on uh july 21st and uh it's definitely out by the time you're listening to this shit so go get it um and you'll know what color the record is at the time of this recording i have no idea what the color of the record is it's a mystery oh, nice. color um so we we will see. I'm a, I don't know if I th- I think it's one solid color, but I will fucking see. I hmm. hope it's not obnoxious. <laughs> like we get like goddamn neon yellow like or a something. Bright pink. Or yeah, something. like for this dark fucking album, <laughs> yeah. we get like a hot pink. Oh god! I just realized we may have made a mistake. <laughs> um, hope you like it. Nothing like it. Have you seen that woman on in the, the reels? No, I don't think so. I gotta. Are you open to being sent reels? Yeah. All right. Sure. I'll send you some crazy shit that I see. 
my my real page has gotten wild because I don't do the TikTok. I just do the real the TikTok. I'm fucking ninety years old. Yeah, I've never downloaded it. So yeah, I, me neither. I, I don't can't. Mess with it. It'll break my brain if I go on there. Um, so I do reels sometimes. Uh, on Instagram, just scroll through. But I've the only the stuff that I like is all this weird, like these fucking weirdos <laughs> on there. And there's this woman who was just like, eh, have a piece of chicken and some mac and cheese, <laughs> nothing like it. And she says nothing like it at the end of every video. And it's amazing. And I love her. Taking a shit in a <laughs> Target bathroom and all over the floor. Nothing like it. Love her. Um, Knife Man, released September 20th, 2011. Uh, I love, 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 love the opening two tracks of this album. Uh, the Michael Jordan of Drunk Driving is just one that I loved covering, playing, singing to myself all the time. Uh, I think it's a very fun, like, <laughs> just, to, he, man, he's the Michael Jordan of Drunk Driving. Yeah. Like, that's fucked up. <laughs> and that he dies. <laughs> like, that he he lost. <laughs> while drunk driving it's yeah it's very short this is like what 25 seconds yeah 22 long. seconds yeah, I, yeah when i was listening to it i thought the first two songs were just one song so that, like, that would make sense it feels like an intro to it does yeah the song that's about to play and, it, and i mean it is it's kind of an intro to the album it's a funny weird little intro into uh gift of the magi to return of the magi uh i fucking love this song um this is this is one of the tracks that made me believe going in. I was like, oh, yeah, this is probably going to end up being my favorite AJJ record. Uh, spoiler, it's not after listening through uh, because it's too long. Um, uh, this also has a lifeline for me. This is something that I say all the time uh, that Hannah probably doesn't even know that it's an AJJ lyric. She knows it's a huh. lyric, but I don't think she knows. But I say... Uh, if God doesn't like ugly, then God doesn't like anybody. A lot from nice. this song. But the full line, which I fucking love, is if God doesn't like ugly, then God doesn't like anybody. Well, fuck God anyway. God is obsolete. Oh, my God thinks my jokes are funny. I love that song. <laughs> I love that. Because that's how I feel. I'm sure. like, if that, if that motherfucker created me, yeah. then he created me. And he created whatever I think is goofy and gaga goo goo, you know? I feel you. Yeah. I'm mad at God. So what <laughs> of it? <sighs> um, yeah. Gift of the Magi is a good song. Uh, how do you feel about the opening? One song, the the singular opening tracks. Yeah, I dug it. Uh, yeah, just, you know, noted the progression of the, you know, production yeah, and music. It's bigger. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Fuller, clearer. Mm-hmm. Uh, though... We'll get there. Next album. Um, American Tune is one that also sticks with me. Honestly, the first like five, six songs of this album are what really makes me be like, oh yeah, this is this is that fucking album for me. Um, I love American Tune. I did back in the day. It is never not going to be relevant in American life, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a reflective song of him being like, my life sucks, but I'm white. And I live in America and it could be worse. Yeah. Uh, it's also on the nose, but yeah. Incredible. <laughs> there is maybe no more song. The, the nose is smushed. Yeah. Also. The, this is an Artie Lang nose at this yeah. point. <laughs> also, the sentiment might not have been as widespread 
maybe when the album came out no, too. It was so not. coming yeah. to it with 2023 vision. This is kind of cringy for 2023. A little bit. This yeah. is very like, okay, white guy. Yeah. Whereas in 2011, right? Yeah, 2011, uh, this was, it was a little different. Yeah. Things were quite different back then. This was my sophomore year of college and things were different. I loved it. Uh, personally, I really like the hook. Really, it's the, so if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone or fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I've got all the luck I need. Uh, just the concept of the penny. Like if you see it and it's not on heads, you'll flip it for somebody. Or is it good if it's on tails? I forget. I don't yeah, remember. I don't, I don't need the luck, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a straight white male in or America. Or the penny. Or the fucking penny. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's classic track. Uh, more relevant now than ever, though I don't think anybody would appreciate it now because yeah. it is so on the nose. Um, I like it quite a bit, though. Uh, and then we get Backpack, which I really fucking like because this is a change of pace musically. Production-wise, I think this really shines on the per, uh, percussion. It just, like, really... Hit, like, this is a darker, violent song, lyrically. Mm -hmm. uh, and just referring to somebody's body, like, your body felt like a backpack <laughs> picking it up. Like, ugh. Yeah, and it's, yeah, opens with, you were dead by the time that I had found you. Your blood was spilled on the couch where we had first kissed. So I carried you west to the sea so I could wash you. Your body felt just like a backpack. Um, Sean Bonnet, the vocalist and songwriter, guitarist, all that, said, some songs do come from experience and other songs like Backpack or some of the super brutal ones come from trying to place a metaphor for your feelings and just happening to use really brutal imagery for that. With Backpack, I really wanted it to be an action movie song. <laughs> so <Cool. laughs> there you go. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's really about finding, it's about finding someone dead. Yeah. Uh, I, I, they were murdered. Yeah. Cause yeah. Let the blood out of your throat. Yeah. No, that was the last song. Want to see a dead body? Want to see a dead body? We're going to get to a record. Uh, that's from fucking stand by me, right? It might be. Yeah. We'll I've heard the quote body. more than I think I've seen it in its context. I'll say, I don't want to, I don't like, I don't like it when people say my friends after meeting them one time. Um, but that's me and my broken brain. Yeah. Uh, and I'm cynical. Uh, but I will say my buds because we talk now online and we have met and played a show together. But my buds in the band Intercourse uh, have a fucking great album out um, this year that y'all should check out. And the opening of that, if you Google in, I just Googled Intercourse, <laughs> not putting band. Yeah. There was a, uh, a band from, I think Olympia, Washington, Such a fucking idiot. uh, that I loved back in the day called sex vid. <laughs> they, were, they were also a band that like, didn't really have much internet presence. They're just like, kind of like grimy, like <laughs> punky, noisy. Up, yeah. And, but I would try to find stuff from and them and like, it was like uh, very hard to yep. find anything. Yeah. Well, if you add the word band after intercourse, it's pretty easy. Uh, but I didn't just then, and that's very funny. It did just bring up the wiki for intercourse, though. Uh, but they have an album out this year called Halo Castration Institute, and the opening track is called Where Losers Go to Die, and it opens with him saying, Hey, man, want to see a dead body? Then it's, they're like really sludgy, grimy. Uh, were you there for that? You weren't there for this one, right? I don't think so. No. no. Um, uh, if you're into like shit like chat pile, 
or okay. like kind of even like some of the Melvin. It's like noise rock. Nice. It's a really grimy noise rock. It's shouted lyrics. It's it's good. I, I fuck with it hard. Highly recommend uh, Halo Castration Institute. Um, but why did we get there? Because of back. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, because you said, hey, oh, man, yeah, want to yeah, see yeah. a dead body. Uh, whatever. Uh, good song. Really enjoy this one production wise specifically. Uh, Distance is the next one, uh, which is a hella relatable song. Yeah, I like the song. Just about missing somebody. Pretty straightforward. Um, the first month after you left, I drank and jerked off till I slept. <laughs> went to work when I had to, then came home. I fed the dog when I had to, fed myself when I had to, went out of town when I had to, and then came home. Uh, no, this won't last forever, but God damn it, it feels like forever since we've been together till we'll be together again. Uh, very straightforward. Uh, I do love the line, uh, I hate whiny fucking songs like this, but I can't afford a therapist. Sorry, guys. Here's a solo. And then a guitar solo comes That's in. That's cool. Yeah. That their humor, I, I it still gets me. It, it, I usually don't really care for like funny quote unquote songs. They always feel really gimmicky to me, but yeah, they don't. But it's probably because of my history with them. Um. Yeah. Do you have anything more for distance specifically? No. Yeah. Uh, fuck the devil. F U C C the devil. Um, also one of my favorites, uh, because this stuck with me forever. Um, I'm going to fuck the devil in his mouth. <laughs> I just need to listen to my sickness so I can learn how, and then train for a couple of weeks until I have all the skills I need <laughs> to fuck the devil in his mouth. Uh, and also the flask is an alcoholic's paintbrush. The flask is an alcoholic's toothbrush yeah. that, uh, always stuck with me that line. Um, but this is a lifeline. The song continue, contains a lifeline, which is the last okay. line of the song. Uh, I unfortunately feel on a very consistent basis. And because I feel this, I think of this line, which is, um, I want to go away for a while away for a while because the things that I have seen are turning me into a shitty human being. Nice. Uh, yeah. That line sits on me yeah. quite a bit in a lot of ways. Um, anything in particular for you on this one? No, too crude. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. You don't like the presentation <laughs> with the crassness. I, I don't know why it bugs me sometimes, but it does. It could just be the, the vocal delivery too. I don't know. I'm gonna fuck the devil in his mouth. Yeah. I just need <laughs> Randy. That's ah. Oh, I love learning <laughs> this about you. This is why we're doing this. This is what this is for. All right. How do you feel about hate rain on me? Uh, I just noted that it. I think this is another kind of a vibe shift song. It feels a it little is, sadder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, lyrically, it's a bummer for sure. Uh, Opening lyrics are in my head all the time every summer. Uh, I'm not going to call it a lifeline. I just think about it every time I'm too hot, uh, which is I wish I had a bullet big enough to fucking kill the sun. <laughs> I'm sick of songs about the summer and I hate everyone. It's the opening right. verse. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yep, that's me, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, the chorus is hate rain on me. So yeah, like, how can I be someone that you love if you hate me? How can I be someone you respect if you call me lazy? I've got to get out of my skin and I don't know where to begin. And right now I feel worthless and I feel crazy. Hate rain on me. Um, this definitely is dealing with like mental health shit and just a storm cloud following you around. Um, it's, I think it was the lead single. I want to say. Hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. 
I remember this album's rollout distinctly because of one thing in particular, and we'll get to that soon. Um, Because I know you're not aware of it. Uh, But uh, you're going to have to watch it before we leave. Uh, Because it is a thing. Um, uh, So outside of uh, tone change, nothing more really for you on that one. Uh, If you have love in your heart, sweet, simple track. Yeah, no drums, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, this, I like it. Yeah, this one's just them. It's it's nice. Uh, if you if you have love in your heart, then who am I to judge you? If you have love in your heart, then no one will rise above you. It's very nice. I do like the line though. I'm a complicated man. Uh, I only wish that were true. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they end with them going in New Jack City, <laughs> which this song's goofy, but I <laughs> like it's very sweet. Uh, yeah, New Jack City. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but it's good. Uh, then No One is also a big tone shift. Uh, this is kind of like a, a hazy, smoky, like bar song. Yeah, it's like a uh, three, four, six, four swing yeah. vibe. It's kind of like feels like an old westerny yeah. type of thing. And they, they do the west, like this album forward, they kind of do some westerny shit. Mm-hmm. every now and then which is cool they do yeah. it well um but this one is like if you're reading through the lyrics um you can kind of tell this is about like homelessness or people struggling or people who are struggling i mean um and there's a quote from him and this is where uh we where i learned was during this album cycle that he is a social worker um So he says, in my civilian work, um, I'm a social worker. When I'm in Phoenix, I work as a hotline supervisor for a company called Teen Lifeline, and I train and supervise volunteers who run a crisis hotline for for teenagers. Before I started working for them, I was a volunteer since I was 15. The bulk of my career in social work has been in homeless services, outreach, and shelter management. So Knife Man was a record I wrote at the end of college when I was getting my degree in that. And I was really immersed in it. So that record is very civic minded. So I guess I consider myself an advocate, but maybe as much, maybe not as much musically, but definitely in my personal life. And I would like everyone who listens to our band to get that from it um, and to get that if they can help. Uh, uh, and if they or sorry, if they need help, they can always ask for it. Uh, with that in mind, this album's content makes a lot of sense. Uh, especially moving forward in albums. Mm. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, so like American Tune, I'm white. I've got everything I need. He's finishing up college for this shit. Okay. It yeah, makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, uh, yeah, no one. Very cool song. Uh, longer yeah. track on the album. Uh, good stuff. Sad song, Intermission. I love the chorus of specifically. Um, This is really a song. It's not really an intermission. Yeah. It's just like, it's in the middle of the record, so that's kind of, I guess, why it's the intermission. But it's not even the middle of the record. It's two songs after the middle. Anyway, it's a good track, though. Um, the only note that I really have uh, is the chorus that I love um, and that he has a quote about this being like a response to not criticism, but I guess just comments that he only writes sad songs. Huh. So uh, what he said is... Um, 
With sad songs, I really for a time got into the idea of creating a completely different character that could perform and release their own single and try to make it sound as old as possible. Kind of like I would create this long lost outlaw country great that people are just now coming back around to. I named him, I think, Steve Chavez. And Steve comes up later in the album uh, in a way that makes me laugh. Um, Which is, oh no, wait, is is this the one that has that chorus? Let me see. Yeah, this is the one that has the really good chorus, but Steve does come up later. But this has the one that is, because uh, the first time I heard it, I didn't know he was doing that. So it was, anytime I hear a singer whose name I know, and they have someone talking to them, and they refer to a different name, it always kills me. Because to me, that's the songwriter saying, this person doesn't know my name. Okay. So I was wrong in this instance, because apparently he's playing a character. But uh, David Berman does it with Silver Jews stuff and it always makes me laugh but i don't <laughs> i don't know if he's also doing that as like a character thing but i'll take it how i want to take it but the chorus here is uh oh yeah this is the they say ambition is an enemy of greatness uh and the chorus is who fucking gives a rat's ass steve just write a love song because they'll keep your belly full and your wallet lined don't bother these nice people with your sad sack songs if you ask me i think they're a waste of time but the who fucking gives a rat's ass Steve when I know his name is Sean makes me laugh really hard. Yeah. Or it did until I learned this. Now all my joy is gone from this. Also, Steve Chavez is like a very white name and then followed by Chavez. It's just kind of goofy. Yeah, it's great. Steve Chavez, right? <laughs> uh, then we've got Zombie by the Cranberries by Andrew Jackson Jihad. <laughs> great title. Great, great title. Um. With this one, uh, lyrically simple, mm-hmm. in my opinion, pretty impactful though. It's about wishing that you can help others, but you can't even like provide for yourself. So that makes sense because he was going through being a broke musician, going through college, trying to get into social work and seeing yeah. how many people need help and he can't help them. Uh, there is people to, to, still people in. <laughs> which is obviously a sequel to a sequel. Uh, I don't have a ton for this. Um, just the line. I feel he, this album is really <clears throat> where he starts like tapping into, and I think it's because of his social work, clearly tapping into a cultural groove or rhythm that a lot of us weren't quite tapped into yet. Yeah. That, is proven with 2020's good luck everybody coming out in January when the pandemic hit in uh. March and you're like Jesus Christ this album is insanely relevant to a huh. pandemic they didn't know was happening yeah uh it's like when cattle decapitation released uh, an album yeah I'm never gonna not bring them up released an album called death atlas in 2020 with the lead single being bring back the plague <laughs> before the fucking nice pandemic happened um but this song has the line uh but when your hustler subscription and your xanax prescriptions make you feel lonelier instead you don't want to hear about all those starving children you don't want to be told it's all in your head because if it's all in your head that's terrible (laughs) yeah but they tap into uh they bring up like hustler and uh like not directly here, but throughout, like they talk about jerking off and porn every now and then. And sure. I really feel like they've tapped into something that I, I feel 
a lot of people are still uncomfortable discussing, which is the modern influence of pornography as well as the modern overconsumption of it, specifically for a lot of younger males. Um, and I think they've tapped into a wavelength on that and then goes hand in hand with pill popping generation and uh, not a lot of cigarette smokers, but a lot of Xanax takers. So it's, yeah, it's like that type of deal and how it makes you all feel lonelier. It doesn't matter. You can get high and jerk off, but you're still alone. So it sucks. <laughs> um, uh, is this though, I think this is the first instance of it. Yep. Okay. So are you aware of the salad glove? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So once we wrap this up, Randy, there is a YouTube video that you got to watch called the salad glove. Okay. And it's an infomercial for the salad glove. <laughs> and it was produced in conjunction with this album because in the lyrics on, I believe two songs, this is the first one. I think they reference a product called the salad glove. <laughs> So the line here is, you can buy a salad glove, you can buy an iPod, you can sell that shit to bookmans when your wife dies and you lose your job. <laughs> so just very nonchalant. You're like, what's the, what the fuck is a salad glove? Yeah. Well, you'll find out later, and all of you should look up the salad glove. Um, uh, they're tapping into like this advertising us like useless shit type thing. Sure. Uh, on this, and you'll see what it is when you see the video. This also has the line. Um, wow, I wrote a lot of lines for this one, actually. Hmm. Good stuff. Is this that, or did I forget to write the song down? No, it is this. It's uh, Hope is for Presidents, which this is the Obama era, so that makes sense. Uh, hope is for Presidents, and dreams are for people who are sleeping. Fuck. Damn. And it has another line. Um, you don't have it any better. You don't have it any worse. You're an, you're an irreplaceable human soul uh, with your own understanding of what it means to suffer. And that's a huge bummer. And then it explodes in like a -na 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 rock song type crescendo. Mm -hmm. uh, very cool. Um, Sorry, bro. <laughs> is the next track. Uh, any, no any notes from here on out on tracks? I'll blanket ask. Not until Big Bird. Not until goddamn Big Bird, he says. Well, sorry, bro, is, uh, I only wrote a lyric down that I liked, which is, um, I would hate to be like you, but I'm still rooting for you, which is a sentiment they kind of get into later. Um, also, I noted after this song that I feel like there's an urgency in the production and performances of these songs yeah. That isn't, it's, 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 there's a lot of it uh, that isn't as felt on the earlier tracks. And it may be the production or it may be he is really like in the trenches of social work and being like, everything is fucking terrible. Yeah. And I'm going to lean on that one. Um, then there's Skate Park, uh, which is a very self-empowering track. Kind of just like, if you're feeling like shit, go to the skate park. <laughs> he, he is a skateboarder. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, then free bird. Okay. So what, what the fuck you got to say about, or did you say big bird? Big bird. God damn it. Okay. Uh, free bird's good. I just wrote, it's like a slow sulky song. It's yeah. nice. Um, again, like a lot of these, I don't dislike anything, but it's bloated. Like sure. I feel totally. like there's an album and an EP here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. Fucking big bird, man. Come on. Come on. What you got to say? 
It's a good track. It's uh, I don't think it really sounds like much else of their stuff. It's very like big sounding. Like the drums are like really. It's a cool ass song. Big and open, and like the guitars are like pretty loud. Um, I love the "I am a knife, I am a knife man" yeah. ending. Yeah, it's like kind of theatrical. Uh, I don't know. It's a cool song. I really dig it. It's definitely my uh, probably this and uh, distance are my top two from this album. Cool. I put uh. Gift of Magi is probably my favorite if I had to narrow it down um, on this listen, but there is a lot here that I like. It's really the second half of this album is where it starts to lose me, and I think Big Bird is the strongest of the second half. Yeah, agreed. And it's the last track. This is an example of them not fucking up the last track. (laughs) Not that they're fucking it up, but they didn't tack something on after it as like a epilogue. Um. Cool. So that's Knife Man. So as it stacks, would you pick one of the earlier albums over Knife Man? Or is it no. still just getting better? Just gets better as it goes, cool. yeah. Cool, Discography cool, cool. wise. Um so then we're jumping, I think three years, yeah, to twenty fourteen. And we are now all of these up until this point. Um oh let me double check Knife Man. I think Knife Man was the last album released on Asian Man. Yeah. Now we are officially on side one dummy, R.I.P. to side one dummy. Though I think they fucked themselves, so. Really? Good riddance, yeah. Um, I think it was always a money thing, right? Uh, Because Pup was on them, and a lot of bands were on side one dummy, and then just got like unceremoniously fucked when they were like, well, no more money, bye. Uh, 2014, side one dummy, uh, Christmas Island, this one. I have is like a white, purple, oh rad burst purple blue, yeah burst super cool yeah it's nice the label on the inside is cool too yeah it's like it's uh the if you get the album uh and open it up it's a gatefold and it's got all this like nice fuzz nice uh, yeah. And that's what the label is. So the back of the album is like this green. And when I say fuzz, it's like a uh, static, like TV static, white noise static type yeah, shit. Yeah, but it's colorful, but it's colorful. and warm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's that. And when you open it up, it's more of that. And uh, the vinyl cool. is like in that same color scheme. It's nice. Uh, 2014's Christmas Island. This is where production really starts taking a shine because they go fucking fuzzy yeah. on this bad boy. And I remember Knife Man going over really well, as you said, very critically respected. Um, Christmas Island, not as much. People did not. People started dropping off of them after Knife Man. Uh, too, uh, too much of a change? I think so. And for me, I'm really struggling. Because it's Chris, like Christmas Island, Bible 2, and Good Luck Everybody are, like, if I'm going to pick a favorite, it's probably going to be one of those three. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, after listening to Knife Man, I then immediately assumed Christmas Island. I was like, okay, then it's got to be Christmas Island will be my favorite. But it's not. But it does have some of my favorite tracks, I think. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll dive in, shall we? Overall thoughts? overarching thing how you feeling blanket statement go i listened to the albums a little bit out of order 
Okay. So I think I noted the more fuzzy stuff on a later album. Interesting. But um, you went back to this one and definitely noted the same thing. Production. Well, Bible. The Bible too is very fucking fuzzy. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one where it kind of uh, pops off the most. It's even more than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like the start of the fuzziness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, overall, I don't have a, a ton of notes for it. I have three songs uh, that I saved that I liked quite a bit. But uh, yeah. I really like uh, opening track Temple Graydon, uh, Grandin. Grandin, I think. Grandin. Yeah. Grandin. Yeah. I always drop the N when I say it. I don't know why. Uh, Temple Grandin. I really like the. Because Temple Grandin is somebody who uh, fought for more humane, like rather than like these factory farms doing like these horrific slaughter methods, like more humane slaughter, which is a funny concept. <laughs> which they call out by having the refrain of uh, find a nicer way to kill it. Nice. Which is like, yeah. yeah. Like Temple Grandin to the bullshit, Stevie Wonder to the bullshit, (laughs) Helen Keller to the bullshit. Like, yeah. 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 It's just like, okay. Um, I really love this song. Uh, This really sets the tone for the album, shows the fuzziness where they're going with things here. Um, and yeah, I, I really like that play on, oh, like, we're, we're going to kill you, but it'll be fine. Like, it's going to be painless, yeah. but you're dead. <laughs> Just, I love that. Uh, Children of God, uh, the next track. Anything for this? Uh, no. Okay. Um, I really like a lyric from here that is out of the corner of my eye, coming out of the teeth-filled sky with eyes as red as a dog's asshole when you see it shitting. <laughs> I saw the children of God as we walked on slovenly by. The USB ports in their arms were bleeding. Yeah. Uh, Eyes as red as a dog's asshole when you see it shitting is disgusting. (laughs) Is that too vulgar for you, Randy? (laughs) That's killing me, dude. That is absolutely killing me. Um, Yeah, very good track for me. Um, Then we get to Do Re Mi. Uh, which is pretty much a song about the Heaven's Gate cult, if you read the oh, lyrics. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And they go by, uh, like, Do, Re, Mi, T, were, like, names of the people, oh. like, nicknames that they had. Huh. So stuff like that. Um, uh, I'm kind of going over those because I really want to get to two songs in particular. Uh, Coffin Dance, which might be my favorite yep. on the album. That's one of them for me, too. Uh, funny enough... Do you know who the guest vocal, did you notice the guest vocal? No. It took me years. I always noticed there is a part in this song where um, it sounds like when I first heard it, it sounds like the vocal kind of just drops a little bit in production and he's like whisper, like kind of broken whisper singing. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got into the band of the vocalist that's doing that. And I heard this song again. I was like, holy fucking shit. Huh. That's Jamie Stewart of Shushu. Oh, really? And it is Jamie Stewart of Shushu. They are friends. They tour together. Huh. AJJ tours doesn't shoot with Shushu. Seems wild, yeah. It's very bizarre. But that is Jamie Stewart of Shushu singing the coffin dancer dances like he has something to prove because he does. He sleeps a couple hours in the morning and hates the morning when he wakes up. The coffin dancer dances like he wants to make a friend, but he does not. And the eye contact he makes 
with each and every one he doesn't see is kind of hot. (laughs) I don't want to go here. There's nothing left to go on here. There's nothing left to go on but the loving sense of tender in your eyes. So yeah, it makes sense because his lyrics never like grammatically make sense. So, so yeah, uh, I love this. Do you know the? Do you get the reference in the lyrics? The opening lyric, "Shoot him again" because I can see his soul dancing. Yeah, he references the movie directly later in a lyric, but that is a line delivered by Nicolas Cage in the movie "Bad Lieutenant," Port of Call, New Orleans, oh, no directed by Werner Herzog. Hell yeah! Shoot him again because I can see his soul dancing. It's a line. After Exhibit, who is in that movie, the rapper Exhibit, uh, and another guy shoot the hell out of somebody, and Nicolas Cage goes, shoot him again. And Exhibit goes, what the hell for? And Nicolas Cage goes, because I can see his soul dancing. (laughs) And he starts laughing like crazy, and then the camera pans over, and a harmonica starts playing, and uh, someone, like... A soul starts breakdancing over the body. (laughs) Movie's crazy. Highly fucking recommended. Yeah. And Sean is recommending that album, that movie on this album. Sick. He does like directly in a lyric later. He calls it Bad Lieutenant 2 though. Oh, weird. Yeah. It's very funny. funny. Uh, But Coffin Dancer is probably my favorite song on here. Which uh, apparently Werner Herzog says that he never saw the original. Yeah. He claims it is not a sequel. It's just a happenstance of title. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but I mean, I've seen both and they're not the same. same. They're not the same movie. So yeah, very yeah. different, uh, especially tonally. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you've seen a Herzog movie, you know, it's not an Abel Ferreira movie, like yeah. very fucking different. Um, cool. Glad we're in agreement with Coffin Dance. Um, then we're on getting naked and playing with guns, which is a standout for me personally. Uh, I love the darkness of the lyrics, which sticks in my head constantly of uh, getting naked and playing with guns. There's a gerbil in the microwave, a baseball bat and everyone. That's that line I was referencing earlier. Uh, this one, though, I looked into it. And uh, during the pandemic, Sean would do nightly concerts on live stream. Hmm. Uh, I think Monday through Friday. Uh, would repeat songs a lot, but he would talk about songs a lot. It, it was a good time. I actually watched a lot of them. Um, and during one of those, he stated that this song is about his time growing up in Rochester, Minnesota. And at the time, he and his friends had guns pulled on them by older local kids. Uh, he also states that this song is intended to be anti-gun. And I mean, the lyrics are very much about older kids feeling cool because they had access to a gun and bullying other kids and it going wrong and they're killing these kids. Um, so dark ass song. Uh, then there's, I want to rock out in my dreams. Kind of self-explanatory. It's just about how you want to feel good and follow your dreams and visions and shit. Yep. Um, a big star for me though is a uh, Coca Pelli face tattoo. Yeah. I unfortunately like the song as well. I say unfortunately just because of the title. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but, yeah, enjoy the song. Fair. It's catchy. It is. I was a sexy little viper room in the corner of a King Tut tomb when the hate train started going choo-choo. <laughs> what an opening line. Uh, but I love the chorus of this because it gets into that sentiment that I mentioned earlier of the, um, I think it was on Knife Man, uh, where he's like, I don't like you, but I'm still rooting for you. 
the chorus of this is, hey, dude, I hate everything you do, but I'm trying really hard to not hate you. Hating you won't make you suck any less. I feel that in my fucking bones every goddamn day of my life. Sorry if that's too too hard for you guys. <laughs> too tough. But no, I feel that. I wrote, uh, this, this song helps my mood. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and uh, live from quarantine, uh, he said, this song, I guess, or I suppose it's about trying to work with people you disagree with. <laughs> Which is a nice way to put it. Yeah. I think it speaks for itself. Uh, and then we've got Best Friend, which is just a good song. Good good track on the album. Uh, Linda Ronstadt, which I really like because it's just describing a panic attack in a museum. Yeah, good song too. Very good song. Take this one. Uh, I believe this was a single as well. I feel like listening to it, I feel like I had probably heard it years and years ago. It, Especially I, if it was a single. That I think it sense. was, I'm pretty positive it was a single. This, Temple, Grandin, and... Those are the two that I remember. Uh, Children of God, I think, was the other single. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Deathlessness. Back on that Western shit. Spooky, dark. It's a cool, spooky, dark Western song. I like it quite a bit. Um, then we've got Temple Grandin 2. Don't have much to say for that one. Um, I just like that they changed the lyric from find a nicer way to kill it to find a friendly way to make it die. <laughs> Nice. Uh, then there is uh, uh, Angel of Death, which actually I think is a fine track to end the album on too. So um, uh, I think it just kind of sums up what they're going for. And they mentioned the salad glove again. Uh, he goes, I am the total gym. I am the salad glove. I am the slap chop. I am the forever lazy. I am a boring and worthless thing and nobody should save me. Hmm. Yeah. I am the Kool-Aid stains on a kid's mouth. Da, 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 da. He uses a lot of, um, uh, he uses the name Cody in this, which comes back in the first song on the next album. Okay. Yeah. So themes going. Uh, so overall, cool album. Uh, also thought that I was going to like it more. They, they're up until this point. I think it's with the Bible to spoiler. I think the Bible Two is my favorite album by them. Um, up until I always remembered liking them as a whole and then there being a handful of songs where I'm just like, nah, okay. Like, whatever. Yeah. Because I can sing probably half of these albums word for word. Sure. But not the other half at all. Until we get to Bible 2, which is more of a even bag for me. Uh, 2016. I very distinctly remember buying this album. I very distinctly remember buying this album and having a conversation with a friend at the time who, this is the album where they're like, I'm done. They kind of lost me with Christmas Island a little bit and I'm just, I'm not into this. I don't like yeah. this. They wanted the folk punky stuff still. Sure. They're not that band anymore. Thank God. <laughs> August 18th, 2016, Side One Dummy. Last album on Side One Dummy because I think they folded next year or the year after. Oh, wow. 2018. It was before the pandemic. Side One Dummy went down, baby. I don't know why I'm like celebrating it a little <laughs> bit, but it, I remember being bummed yeah, when it happened because it fucked a lot of the bands I like. Uh, Cody's theme, solid opener, direct reference to Angel of Death on the last album, which I like. Um, uh, found a quote from him about it specifically. 
which is Cody is a designation of a certain kind of kid. He is the kid that has a lot of destructive energy and nowhere productive to put it. Usually poor, has a dirty face with Kool-Aid stains on the side of his lips and eats macaroni and cheese off a paper plate and found a broom handle in the trash and is like hitting a tree with it, pounding a piece of rebar in the ground with a baseball bat, something like that. Just one of those rowdy kids that you see wandering around, even in 2016 when everyone is video games and stays inside, this kid is outside fucking shit up. I was that kid for sure. But yeah, you see little Cody's. I point him out every time. I empathize with Cody a whole lot. I sympathize with Cody a whole lot. Nice. Yeah. I wasn't the, I mean, I was eating off paper plates because why wouldn't you be? I was a little kid, but I wasn't, I've always been like middle class and then upper middle class at a certain point in my life. And now that I'm on my own, I'm lower middle (laughs) class uh, for sure, without a doubt. Um, uh, but I really relate to the having like a lot of energy and needing to do. So you're just outside because yeah. that's what your parents make you like. We got locked out type of deal. Like you, you can come inside in like five hours Oh wow. and it's like, all right, go yeah, find something. I'll find something. Yeah. So sticks, climbing trees, especially growing up in Maine. Like we grew up in a very small town. Everyone on the street knew each other. It was a long yeah. street. So you could just traverse neighborhoods, woods, all the shit. So it was good. This song and that, that summation of it made me uh, reflective of those times. Nice. Um, and we got Golden Eagle. Pretty good track. Uh, I think Cody's theme is a really good opener. I prefer it over Golden Eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, at a certain point, it, like that's just it's just a track and golden eagle is just a track it's just a track on the album it's good i like it don't love it it is what it is but then we get to junkie church and i like this song a lot um just less fuzzy right? less fuzzy yeah. more this is the slower uh chiller vibe that you've come to know of some of their songs yeah um kind of self-explanatory lyrics it's just shit's fucked at the junkie church uh but i really like the ending the i love you because i love you because i can oh i love you because i love you because i can this he's got a love got a lot of love this man and he's got a lot of anger and sometimes they get crossed and goddamn, do i understand that um next track is american garbage which is my favorite song on this album uh it's hannah's favorite song by andrew jackson jihad she loves this fucking song Mostly because it referenced girls at first. Really? Yeah, because the opening lyrics is, is, if I were one of the girls, I would be Shoshana. Uh, uh, if I were one of the girls, I would be Shoshana. Uh, so that caught her ear, but then she just likes the song as a whole. Uh, but I love the lyric, confused, this is the chorus, confused and rude, such a special kind of way to be cruel. Confused and rude, <laughs> such a special kind of way to be cruel. Yeah. It really paints a picture. Yes. Of a Karen. <laughs> like, I, the term is dead now, but, like, yeah. it, it really paints a picture. And it's called American t- Garbage. They had American Tune on Knife Man. This is American oh, yeah. Garbage. This album, what I think I love about this, I can't, I can't, I can't say this is my favorite, but, because <laughs> good luck everybody has some shit. Um, this album has a lot more hope to me than a mm-hmm. lot of their other albums that is squashed <laughs> on the next album. Uh, so they're pointing shit out here, but I don't, it's more, it's lighter and more hopeful. 
an American tune is like pointing out annoying fuckers, but then we get to the 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 thesis, <laughs> which is no more shame, no more fear, no more dread, which is no more tears from uh, earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same same shit here. Um this one is huge for me. I love this fucking song. I love the sentiment. This song has meant a lot to me at various different points in my life. Growing up in the Christian church, shame is a tool that is used to uh, keep you in line. It is a tool used to manipulate you into following their whim. So the concept of shame and when it is addressed is very uh, poignant to me. So the chorus being no more shame, no more fear, no more dread uh, is very powerful to someone who has struggled with that. And it's on the uh, cover as well. Um, the Bible too. I love that. Did we even say the name? It's called the Bible too. I don't I know. So. I, we've yeah. said it. I don't, may not have introduced it right, but it's on the cover right there. It's like on this little statue guy. It's cool. Uh, yeah. And I, I knew people who hated it. They hated the artwork. They hated the sound. And I'm just like, I, huh. I like it. I don't know. This feels like, like more silver juicy, more like in that vein yeah. of stuff rather than the folk punk. And I love that. And it makes sense because he's a big silver juice fan. And I learned that from uh, the pandemic because he would cover uh, silver juice songs. Nice. Um, Candy jail is one that he covered a lot that I like. Uh, he does a very good cover. It. But yeah. This, this is kind of the, uh, point of the album is to there's a lot of terrible things happening but we really got to strive for no more shame no more fear no more dread and move on and let's let's do better type of thing and i love that sentiment um and that goes into i believe the lead single which is goodbye oh goodbye uh any thoughts here or is that head empty randy it's empty <laughs> Uh, I remember the video they this was like a one take video type okay. situation cool. so I remember that and I think there were a lot of balloons hmm. I didn't rewatch it but <laughs> I like this song it's just a fun uh, kind of like straightforward rock single or their style of indie punky rock type stuff uh, White Worms is after that and I really like this song because I really like the sentiment and I love the lyric if you want to hear the devil's music you should probably listen to the devil's music <laughs> Love that. That is fucking great. Um, uh, my uh, my brain is a human body. This is fuzzed the fuck out. Yeah, it's my favorite song on the record. It's also, I think it's just one beat, one riff. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, pretty much. It reminded me of um, one of the newer Against Me songs we talked about that I mentioned really liking where yeah. like the verse and the chorus is basically the almost same. the same thing. Yep. That checks out. Yeah. Uh, I love this song as well. Uh, the melody to it, his vocal melody is fucking phenomenal. It, yeah. It's an earworm. It gives me chills like in a good way. I love it. Uh, White Worms is easily a highlight from this album. Um, or sorry, not White Worms. Uh, my Brain is a Human Body. Easily a highlight. Uh, Terrifier feels like old school. AJJ. Going back to that dark, uh, bad, bad man type shit. Um I saw beauty spat in its eye. I saw the light and all it saw was my phlegm. I witnessed greatness. I kicked its teeth in. More teeth sprouted just like the skull of a child. Yeah. La da 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 da. Yeah. Very, this is the old dark. I do really like the line though here 
Um, some days you're a member of Queen. Other days you're a Cottonmouth King, which is uh, like rap rock band. Yeah. And then the next one, which is some days you're Emilio Estevez. Other days you're Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Just like, damn, fucking going for Charlie Sheen, man. Um, yeah, cool song. I like it. A good little throwback to their kind of older sound. Uh, and then I really think, uh, while not my favorite songs on the album, I think the next two tracks are the prime example. Like, Small Red Boy is one of the strongest songs to me. And this is the prime example of them fucking up the ending by not ending on Small Red Boy, in my okay. opinion. I really like When I'm a Dead Body. Yeah. Uh, like, a lot. But you ended with the refrain of no more shame, no more fear, no more dread. Bringing it back from the song to end huge on it with Small Red Boy. Only to then to have a quaint little song to follow up. Which I understand and I get. But god damn that ending of Small Red Boy. (laughs) Holy shit. Uh, And he said about it um, uh, in regards to the song. Allow yourself to empathize with the people of your past. Uh, when you become uh, the age that they were, it helps to let go of a lot. Uh, when I was trying to figure out the things holding me back in life these days, looking back is a good place to start. Because when you look at it, it's uh, it's him seeing like his past self as like a devil, and like sitting him down and being like, "You're fine. Like it's okay. We're okay. Like yeah, it's okay to feel this way. But like, no more shame. No more fear. No more dread. Like let's move forward." Oh, that sentiment <laughs> fucking kills me, man. It fucking kills me. Uh, but yeah, then they follow that with When I'm a Dead Boy. And I really like that song, but I think in a small red, small red boy should have been the ending. Yeah, uh, doesn't have as much of an impact. No, not as much of an impact. And it's really short, cool track. Um, overall, The Bible 2, very solid fucking album. Uh, also short, very easy to get through. Um, 29 minutes, just yep. under a half hour. But the next one's even shorter. Good luck, everybody. Like, prophetically released in January. January 17th, I want to say. Yep, 2020. Christ. Months, mere months before everything that this album is talking about just compounds like crazy. Like the opening track, a poem. Oh, this is black vinyl, by the way. And this nice. is re- self-released. Oh, cool. Via AJJ Unlimited Limited. <laughs> That's rad. Yeah. Uh, the context... Oh, my God. Putting this album in the context of the pandemic is insane. Truly insane. Um, a poem is a song that no one cares about except the writers of the songs that we're all singing. And the songs are just commercials for awful, ugly people who want your money, your attention, and all your love. And if you don't give it to them, they'll starve. If you don't give them to give it to them, they'll starve to death. If you don't give it to them, they'll starve to death, and that's all right. This is really, this is about social media, and his direct quote about this song was, poetry owes nothing to the poet, music owes nothing to the musician. And I would be very fucking curious how he feels about that in the context of the pandemic where he is doing live streams. True. Yeah. <laughs> because he can't tour because he sure. can't make a living doing these things. 
Um, I'm not saying that I know his situation at all. I don't know how much AJJ makes. I'm assuming they do pretty well for themselves, but he's also uh, has civilian life outside of that. Yeah. So um, just wild, the sentiment here. And then going into isolation, he talks a lot about wanting to be alone due to the state of the world on this album. And then you you got your wish. And I know their follow-up album, I believe it's called Disposable Everything. Um is just like this is the apocalypse album and that's the wasteland album uh, i've only listened to it once i need to listen to it again but uh it's hhj so it will grow on me i'll love it i'm sure in time um normalization blues is the second track good track very good track i i want to say it heart i mean it harkens back to like the folky punky feel a little bit yeah, it feels bluesier, bluesier though in like the yeah. scale. It almost feels like um, there's a song on "Oh Brother Where Art Thou" that yeah, soundtrack it f- that it reminds yeah. me of. It would yeah. fit very well on what's that fucker's name? Uh, 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 I'm thinking Boots Riley, but that's the rapper and director. Um, yeah, uh, T Bone Burnett. Okay, that's yeah, his yeah, name. Yeah. Um, Bone Boots Bone. <laughs> You know, normalization blues rules. Uh, this song is very much about mass shootings and how we are completely desensitized to the misery that we are constantly seeing. Um, yeah, it's about just normalized awfulness of everything. Um, and he has the line in the song, connections more important now than ever, than it ever was, but I'd rather be alone. January 2020. Yeah. Just wait till March, dude. (laughs) Just a couple months, dude. Yep. God damn. Yeah. Uh, Then there's Body Terror Song, which I read he said it's very like personal for him just about his stuff. But holy shit, is this relevant? 2023, now more than ever with all the trans rights issues going on and this is a song lyrically that just straight up is speaking to your body and saying, I'm so sorry that you have, have to have a body. I'm so sorry that you have to have a body. Oh yeah. I'm very sorry that you have to have a body. One that will hurt you and be the subject of so much of your fear. It will betray you, be used against you. Then it will fail you, my dear. And so on and so forth. It's fucked. Yeah. And for him, it's literally about just aging and like reflecting on why are our consciousness why is i can't say that as a plural uh why is that thing inside of us uh connected to this dying feeble fucking thing it's a good question if you ask me um any notes for body terror song no at all i just yeah just that this album really fucked fucked me up and i already knew there's a song on here that I'll get to. And we're going to take a little aside to get serious for a second. Because uh, there's a song on here that doesn't make me tear up. It makes me cry. Like, actually cry. Every... I, I tested it today. I was like, am I going to cry during this? Every fucking time. Huh. Like, I need to get a tissue. This song makes me cry. There, are, I don't know if there's another song that does that to me. AJJ might be the only band that has a song that without yeah. fail I will cry. We'll get there. This album really fucked with me this time, so it might be my favorite. <laughs> um, feedback, I really like yeah, a lot. It's about social media consumption and 
just how the state of things are. Uh, the line in it, though, uh, oh, to be awake for such a shitty dream, a bullet in the head of every decent thing. Fuck. That is something, though, that I want to steal, the bullet in the head of every decent thing. I can turn nice. it into a clot line. It's pretty metal. Yeah, yeah, it's metal as shit. So if I use that, you know where I got it from. I'll also, I'll, I'll give him credit. Uh, then we get to one of the most interesting songs for me, which is, what is the word? There's a specific word for it. In, in, interpolation, where you're taking something yeah. set and using it to make something else. I think so. Something yeah. like that. Because no justice, no peace, no hope is an interpolation of no shame, no fear, no dread. Yeah. And it just shows between 2016 and 2020, right? It was 2016. Uh, yeah. Was the last one. Yeah, fuck wild. So the Bible too was, was that before um, Trump got elected? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was after. No, it was before. It was before. Huh. It was August. So he would have gotten elected in November of 2016, right? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense why it's a little more hopeful because that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and then 2020 is actually the uh, the 2020 album, Good Luck Everybody, is actually a response to Trump. Not the crate. Like, it's so wild to me. Yeah. That his no justice, no peace, no hope is like the police brutality, Trump, uh, the protests, all of this stuff. Well, the protests haven't even like fully, True. fully have yeah, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Yeah. This album is very wild to me to listen to back. Um, no justice, no peace, no hope is a raw ass fucking song. And as a direct response, like I said, to no shame, no fear, no dread. Um, it's got the line, again, we've slipped inside a pit of absolute despair. That's where we live. And it takes like the piano and kind of changes it a little bit. And oh my God, it's just really fucking good. And then it goes to Mega Guillotine 2020, which I really like. It makes me laugh. This is their novelty song for this album. Mega Guillotine, I learned, is from Twitter. Some Twitter guy made this giant guillotine hmm. concept that is uh i think it can hold um it can hold like a certain amount of politicians uh it's like specific, uh let me see 15 congressmen it can fit up to 15 congressmen at the same time that's the mega guillotine nice uh and this song is just very i'm going to vote for mega guillotine that's that's who i yeah, think should run the country i had no idea country. what this was so yeah, it's we need to behead all of the current leaders in order for us to do anything good. Um, uh, he said of the song, we approached it like a Beatles tune. It starts off rather simply and then we grow the arrangement bigger for the second and third verses. I love performing it live and getting people who have never heard it to sing along. That's why we made it so that's why we made it so poppy and repetitive, which makes sense. It's it's this is one. It's a chant almost mega guillotine. Yeah. We love you mega guillotine. We're rooting for you. Uh we're praying for you every day. Yeah. Uh, just a fun little track. I remember when they released it and I thought it was a really funny song and being in the throes of Trump, I was like, yeah, fucking kill them all. I still feel that way. Just not as uh, slogany about it. Sure. Um, after that, we got loud mouth, which is a good punk cut on the record. Um, 
I wrote it's about fuckers being fuckers, man. <laughs> but it's you're a loudmouth and a tool, and I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like this one. It's you're a loudmouth and a tool, and I don't disagree with you, but you don't need to be a dick about it. I'm about it. Like it's I'm trying to agree with you here. Why are you being so yeah. fucking aggressive right now to me? And that's liberals, man. <laughs> fucking liberals, dude. I want it to be known. This is not a liberal podcast. I am anti-liberal. I'm anti-conservative. I am anti-liberal. I am I am leftist. Sure. I don't know what left I am, but I'm I am yeah. to the left, firmly to the left, but I'm not a fucking liberal. <laughs> I want to make that very clear. I'm not a goddamn Democrat and I'm not a fucking liberal. And I am not smart enough to know what I identify that's as what, when that's it comes where politically. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I know what I'm but not. somewhere close to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this song is, again, very straightforward. I really like the bridge. My shit list is very long and full of things I can't change. <laughs> again, feel that. Um, uh, then there's Maggie, which is a very sweet song about a dog from the perspective of a dog, literally like a dog recognizing that you are not doing well and just wants you to take her on a walk. Very nice, sweet song. Then we got Psychic Warfare, which is directly about Donald Trump and wanting to kill him, which I'm all about. But again, it's kind of on the nose. I really like it until he gets directly about Trump. Okay. That's when I'm like, okay, this just dates yeah, everything yeah. but at the same time i also respect the hell out of it in the tradition of a traditional folk protest song sure because yeah, that's yeah. what they are coming from like with everything uh this album is not fuzzy i want to note that this yeah. is very not a fuzzy album production's good it's very yeah. good production but what is it like because it's kind of a punk rock like it's a punk yeah. rock album yeah it's not really indie rock here like that's bible 2 and christmas island and mm-hmm. a lot of knife man um, this, yeah, this is more straightforward, less fuzzy, not a ton. Like the instrumentation isn't something that like super stands out to me on no. this album. It's the lyrics that really fucking kill me here. I'm pivoting and I think Bible too might be my favorite. Um, <laughs> uh, it's really a combination of the songs of from knife man through this one. If, if I had, if I made like a 15 song album, of those of songs from those albums, I think yeah. I'd have the perfect AJJ record. Um, Psychic Warfare, I really like it. I recall this was one of the singles as well. Again, I don't like it when it goes very on the nose lyrically about Trump. Um, like for all the pussies you grab and the children you lock up in prison, uh, yeah, yeah. for all the rights you roll back and the constant stream of racism, for all the poison you drip in my ear, for all your ugly American fear, I wrote you this beautiful song called Psychic Warfare. Uh, and I like that last line, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a little much, especially during a time of fatigue, of being like, we know Trump fucking sucks. Like, yeah, got it. Glad we're on the same page here. <sighs> And then we're getting to an aside real quick for a song that absolutely fucks me up called Your Voice As I Remember It. Now, I don't think I've brought this up on the podcast yet, but it is bound to come up eventually, and especially with this song, because I've never heard a song that makes me think about the situation more than this. So in 2017, my father was on a business trip in Amsterdam, and a freak accident happened where a tram derailed and hit the uber that he was in on the way to the airport to come home and it left him with a traumatic brain injury 
Uh, he is still alive, but he is not living, if that makes sense. Uh, he is not really aware. He cannot communicate. He's not aware of what's going on, uh, who we are most of the time. He can regurgitate and repeat back things. So we don't really know his cognition. Um, it has been that way since 2017. Uh, he was in a coma for a while, but he did wake up that same year. Um, so with that, it's a very specific type of grief. It's very ambiguous because it is, he's not dead type of thing. Um, and in all honesty, it would be easier if he was. And that may be morbid, but it's, it's just a fact. I am very comfortable with saying that after being sure. six years into this. Yeah. Um, uh, it's very difficult. And I reach for connection. I've always struggled with feeling understood throughout my life. Um, and since his accident in 2017... Uh, that it made me isolate, uh, pick up bad habits, a lot of things due to the grief and trauma of it all. Um, and this song spoke to something that I, that awoke from this experience that I'd never felt before or heard somebody bring up before, which is the missing of specifically somebody's voice. And why it's so specific to me is that my dad is still alive and therefore he can talk like he can make noise. He can't really do a sentence. Um, and him being alive and hearing his voice and his voice, not it's, it's a noise. It's a tone it's frequency is completely unrecognizable from any way he has ever sounded for the first Jesus that happened when I was 25. So first 25 years of my life, um, his voice is harsh. Uh, I don't want to do an imitation of it because it will sound rude in all honesty. My family and I do it. Uh, yeah. We can, but it will, it will sound, it will sound offensive if, if I do it. Um, so this song being your voices, I remember it. The lyrics being, I, the refrain of the song is I long to hear your voices. I remember it. And the verses are, but I can't and I won't because you're dead and you're buried. Um, which again, my dad is not dead and buried, but he essentially is in a lot of ways. Um, and it also has the lines, um, uh, I long to hear your voice as I remember it, but now I have no choice but to remember it. No recordings were made, no MP3s, no AACs, no waves. And why that particularly hits me is the week of my dad's accident. Um, the weekend beforehand, him and I had spent a day together. Him and I historically had, as a lot of fathers and sons, a complicated relationship. And I had a stroke in 2016 and I feel he was already on his way to getting to a better place with me and me with him. Uh, but the stroke, I think, adjusted things a little bit more. And we were getting to a really good spot in our relationship. And the weekend before his accident, I spent uh, the day with him. And we were chopping and stacking wood because my parents had just moved into their dream house that they had built together. Nice. So I was uh, helping him do that. And it was a really good day. And I just remember feeling that very distinctly and like noting it to Hannah. And uh, then I started having a hard week. Uh, he went out of town. 
uh, or he was about to go out of town and he called me and I didn't answer because I was having a hard week and I isolate when I'm not feeling well. And I didn't answer it. And he left a message. And then three days later, the accident happened. And I never listened to that message. And now I can't because my phone got fucked up and it erased. Yeah. So I don't know why he called. I don't know what it was about. Very likely, he probably said something along the lines of, uh, hey, bud, just calling to talk, see how you are. Yeah. Something like that. But I've not ever come across a song that spoke to something so specifically in my life. That's also not speaking to me specifically at all. Like he's literally talking about someone that's dead. Yeah. Like just this person's gone, blah, blah, blah. But I, this song fucks me up, Randy. I get it. Yeah. Very, very much. Um, And it's the line, it's the, I long to hear your voice, the timber of your voice. I long to hear your voice as I remember it. Just that, because I can still hear his voice, but it's not his voice. I need the timber of his voice. And it's not there. Fucks me up. I was curious if I would get teary uh, doing t- just talking about it, and I didn't. I'm I'm proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, it will come up if you've listened to any th- of my band. If you've checked out Clot at all, um, it's a lot of it is about that stuff. So you may already be a little wiser to it. And if you're not, um, there you go. We all uh, have shit that uh, is really hard, and you're not alone in it. Just know that at least. Um, did this song touch you at all? <laughs> did you have a note about it? Uh, I didn't have any notes about it, but yeah, it's one that I appreciated lyrically more than yeah. some of their older stuff for sure. Yeah. It is. It's very sweet and it just repeats. It's very much a, re- uh, repetitive track. Um, yeah. love it. Uh, I am glad they did not end the album on it. Okay. I don't think that needed to be the last song. I think the last song works very well, which is a big day for Grimly. Uh, which is very fucking heavy and just repeats the refrain. Cause they say good luck everybody earlier on the album and they end the album by saying good luck everybody. Um, and this kind of just sums up the state of things in 2020 before the pandemic. And uh, yeah, the chorus is I went back to, the, Oh yeah. He uh, goes back to like Phoenix or like moves more uh, somewhere during this time. It's I went back to the desert with a skull full of teeth and now I'm quieter than I thought I would be came back to the desert and the desert came into me and now there's a quietness and it's deafening. Uh, I think he's feeling a lot of that social isolation of the political atmosphere of the time and talking about how like I got to change the scenery and everything's still just fucked. And he doesn't even know we're about to <laughs> be so isolated. Yeah. But yeah, I think it, it goes out well. Uh, clearly my standout track is your voices. I remember it. Um, this is their, and I think it's the same of their new one. It's musically their least like adventurous. Yeah. Uh, since they started transitioning into like different sounds, um, which is fine because it sounds really good. Um, but in comparison to like Bible two and Christmas Island, uh, those are definitely more quote unquote experimental and, um, yeah, fuzzed the fuck out. Uh, so like I said, they have another one from 
uh, this year, 2023, called Disposable Everything, which I've listened through once and I really enjoyed. Uh, it's definitely more in line like this, like I just said, but I need to go back and give it another try. It is very much about the wasteland we're living in after the pandemic, how, uh, I mean, the title is about how we consume and live in a disposable world right now. So from our clothes, to the fast fashion shit to fucking, uh, non-reusable shit to computers that you can't install your own yeah, stuff or upgrade yeah. things. Yeah. That die after three years of use. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a bleak state of things. And for a band that genuinely like ups my mood, good yeah. luck. Everybody I think is the, is the only album that I noted that doesn't. I think that is there like true, the lyrics of this album really fuck me up. Um, and that's why I want to sit more with disposable everything. I don't own it yet. I'll, I'll get it eventually, but I, uh, I need to sit with that cause I feel like it's going to probably fuck, me, fuck yeah. me up too. Um, but yeah, overall that's AJJ. And I think this is a much better, uh, overview than against me. Cause we're not skipping a giant chunk of transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't have their first album. We don't have their most recent. We don't have any EPs, but um we got we've got the life of this band we've mm -hmm. got the most important shit of this band easily um i was originally i really thought going in that they were going to be an fbs i they saw were, that yeah uh not correct okay not correct i uh, it's they are a, an important band to me for my musical upbringing and I still fuck with them. And there's not a lot of bands from that time period of my life that I still fuck with. Yeah. Uh, they just happen to be one, but they are also never really on the forefront of my listening. Unfortunately, I'm just into different shit now. And like the indie that I like is more raw than they are now. Mm -hmm. uh, so like I, I really, like more noisy stuff. I like, I like if they had stayed Same. with the fuzzy, yeah. I may have like, uh, fucked with it a lot more, but I still really like them. Um, I really appreciate them and what they have done for me. Yeah. <laughs> and for the scene though, for real, they're really great live. I would highly recommend checking them out. And unfortunately I have not seen them in years and they are coming to Atlanta and I'm not going to be in town. I'm going to be on tour. Yeah, which bummer. that's, God, that should be announced by now. Yeah, you'll catch me on tour. Uh, we'll be, uh, I don't know. Just look on our Instagram. I don't fucking know off the top of my head. But uh, I'll be out of town. And he's touring with, the, he, they are touring with fucking Open Mike Eagle. Oh, really? Yeah, who huh. I love. I've been like my first time seeing Open Mike and seeing AJJ for the first time in goddamn years. Who were they touring with last year, though? And didn't come to the East Coast or even close to us? Who? Shoo shoo. Huh. It's fucked up. It's really <laughs> fucked up. I did get to see my friends open for Shoo Shoo, though, so that was really nice. True. Um, so, yeah, that wraps up AJJ. Uh, Randy, I don't think you're walking away loving this band. No. No. Not really. <laughs> I do remember when I played with them that their set was fun, and yeah. it was in Phoenix, so. I feel hometown. like if you don't dig the music, like, like you, like where you're like, oh, I can appreciate it. It's just not really my thing. Yeah. Um, seeing it live, you'd be like, oh, okay, like I get this. Like this is totally. way different, better experience live. And funny enough, I thought I owned the AJJ live at Third Man. 
Okay. But I yeah. don't. Huh. But I did realize, I don't know if it's on our list. I need to actually, I'm going to scroll real quick to the G's and see. Okay, it is there. Because I have a Sandy Alex G when he was okay. still Sandy Alex G rather than just Alex G again. Yeah. Uh, live at Third Man. That is in the A's. And I was like, oops, did we skip that? Ah. I have it listed under the G's here. Um, so yeah, not one of your favorites. Uh, funny enough to walk away. I really thought they were going to be an FBS, but they're not. They are not in the favorite band status. They are more of a nostalgia okay. thing for yeah, me. Makes sense. Um, but I do appreciate their newer work a lot. Um, so next week, uh, we're going to do, we're going to stay in the collection. Mine again. We'll get to Randy. We'll go back. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, we are going to do another, uh, looking like six albums. Oh no, seven. We do it. We have a Randy. Right. We've got a Randy. Okay. So Axac, is that how you would say that? I think so. Yeah. Mabul. Yeah. Axac Mabul. Yeah. I'm not familiar with him, but I did, uh, I look up. <laughs> I think I'm going to like it. Um, I, I saw on like Spotify it. that he is one of the many people on the soundtrack for a movie called the shock of the future, hmm, not which is just like, there's a lot of like cool synth stuff and hmm. music in it. So I have a feeling I'll like this. Also, I believe that is the band name, not the man's. Okay. Name. I believe uh, I'm going to double check that real quick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The person's name, the front people or the main people are, uh, Mark Hollander and Vincent Kennis. And nowadays it revolves around Mark Hollander and Veronique Vincent. Uh, They're French or Belgian. Sorry. Cool. They are Belgian. Um, This album rules. I'm very excited. I like this. The opening or yeah, I think there's an intro and then the first song, that first song that was fucking sick. Um, So we've got that uh, Axak mobile uh, mobile figures from 2020. Uh, we've got Alkaline Trios from Here to Infirmary. Speaking of Asian Man, I think they were off of Asian Man at this point. This may have been a Vagrant record. Um, then we've got a handful of all Get Out albums, specifically The Season, uh, the EP Movement, and the album Nobody Likes a Quitter. And then we've got All of This. Randy, which one is from your collection? Oh, the self-titled. Yeah. Cool. So we've got the self-titled by Always, and then there I I know it's Always, but I it's two V's. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got their most recent album, Blue Rev, uh, which I've listened to in passing because Hannah loves them. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. That's more you and Hannah's world. I am more everything before this on this list. So, but I do real I do enjoy them every time I hear them. I just they're not a band I really sit with. So it will yeah. be fun to actually sit with this album. Also, I used to uh, heavily fuck with, as the kids say, uh, the season. The I'll get out. Album. Oh, yeah. cool! I so you're very the, familiar with that one. Yeah, cool. I think that was the only one of theirs that I ever got into, but definitely dig that album. Funny enough, that is the only album that I think anybody really knows by them. Um, okay, it is their big album for sure. They quote unquote peaked there to most people. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, Nobody Likes a Quitter is my favorite album by them. The one oh, they cool. followed it up with. Uh, but they took a, a decent amount of time because like the season came out in 2011 and Nobody Likes a Quitter was 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had the EP in between there, but the EP was like to be like, hey, we're, we're alive in 2015. Let us, like, hello, we're here. 
Uh, but yeah. Nobody Likes to Quitter, I think, is their best album. And I think I am in the hard minority of that. Huh. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to do next week. Um, going to be the most fun you've ever had in your life. <laughs> so uh, any updates, shopkeeping, what's going on, Randy? No, all the usual. Uh, you can find our socials and stuff in the uh, metadata or the description of this episode. Uh, yeah, you could always reach us at Gmail, uh, at the vinyl floor, ATO at Gmail. Listen to uh, Christian's band Clot. They're great. Their LP should be out now. Uh, we're recording this very early, but it, it's out now. So It is out now. It's 14 tracks, uh, uh, 28 minutes. Uh, hopefully you guys like it. It's It goes raw. 